1: Hey, I actually I wanted to start with something specific. I hope go you for saw it. it. I I pray to God that you saw this. Oh no! Over the weekend, draft weekend, did you see either live or the video that was making the rounds on social media? First round, Thursday night, Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa. Yes, he got drafted 14th overall. Thank God. A butt tap. Yeah, so uh, for anybody who didn't see it, Lucas Van Ness, (laughs) Iowa edge rusher, probably going to be a really solid pro. He goes 14th overall to the Packers, but he was not in attendance in Kansas City, so he was back at his home. And when the Packers called his name, they go live, they show the video footage of everybody going crazy in the living room. And you know those moments are so awesome because everyone is just sort of standing up looking for someone to hug. And at one point, his girlfriend, who, <laughs> as a side note, his girlfriend is the little sister of Cole Komet, who is the starting tight end for the Chicago Bears. Small world, right? And she, at one point, is looking for someone to hug, and then she goes straight to, you know, Lucas Van Ness's dad, who's standing there. And on ESPN, they catch the footage of Lucas Komet's or Lucas Van Ness's dad hugging her. And then as he's turning away from the hug, he gives it a nice little double tap on the butt.
0: We'll spend it.
1: And and you know, <laughs> I don't know where you come out on this because it's really easy to just say, oh, you know, it's just sort of a wholesome, didn't mean anything by it. But you know this, that once that video started going viral and Lucas Van Ness caught wind of it. There was a conversation that was had after that. Even if it was just like a, hey, Pops, like what was what was that double tap about? Like, are you doing this routinely? Like, is this something that was an accident? Like, can you just kind of explain to me what was going on there? Because that's a conversation to be had. I'm not saying there was anything malicious going on, but if I'm putting myself in Lucas Van Ness's shoes, I probably have a few follow-up questions for my dad after that.
0: I have a lot of follow-up questions. I'm just glad that Brent Musburger wasn't narrating this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you almost spit out your water. He would have
1: play by play for that.
0: Right. Uh, but yeah, like, did he think he was hugging his wife? What is this just a routine thing he does when he hugs people? He just gives them a the little thing. butt tap.
1: Hey, this isn't, you know, this isn't a, a handshake line after a high school basketball game.
0: no. This I, isn't
1: this isn't like a little league baseball game where you're you know giving them a little butt tap as they run onto the field. This is your son's girlfriend again. Maybe this is just who he is. Maybe he is a little league coach in his spare time, and that's just kind of. <laughs> well, a that go-to. feels wrong
0: too. You little know league, what? Don't, I don't know. Just,
1: I just don't think that's the time and the place to be given a double tap. I don't think that's the person you should be given double taps. And to. the
0: fact that it just made the rounds on the internet like they all had to know this went down
1: because I- it went in for the hug and then the hug was sort of over and then he sort of reached back in with the quick little boom boom This little pop up this little double tension <laughs>
0: <laughs> no one does that to you on the reg no
1: i don't know <laughs> like if someone did it to me would i even notice that's the thing if someone gave me a hug and gave me a little double tap, I don't think I would think anything of it, but it's the setting. You, the, the cameras, national television, and, and it's the father of the, again, he's probably a great guy. I'm sure there's nothing weird going on there. But again, when it happens on television, there's probably a conversation that comes after that moment.
0: I'm always hugging up here, and I give the tap on the back.
1: You always go high on the hug? No matter who it is?
0: Yeah. It'd be weird to go low, I feel like. Is that what guys do?
1: No, but I'm always how tall are you? Five five. Okay, so your average height for your average height for a girl, right? Yeah. Is that is that about average? Yeah.
0: Five four, five, five.
1: I I feel feel like I don't know. I feel like I'm shorter. Well, I feel like it's normal for the taller person to go high. Interesting. The taller person can't go low because then the shorter person has to reach up higher. So like I'm mm. I'm 5'11, you're 5'5 if we hugged, I think by default I would go high, you would go low. That's just, you know, I think I think that's how the math would work out there.
0: Now I need to hug someone to figure out what I do.
1: <laughs> Is there anybody <laughs> else in the house calling in the Hey. No. we doing,
0: doing, <laughs> doing a study. We're doing a study.
1: Yeah, we need to figure I think this my out. My roommates upstairs. Uh, okay. Well, um, next time I hug someone, I'm gonna take special nah, notice. And I don't same. even know. Do I go high? Do I go low? I'll tell you one thing, I definitely don't do. I double, don't tap. double taps.
0: Nope. I, I don't, don't I don't spank anybody when me. I hug them. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't think that's a part of my regular routine. No, I don't think so.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. I just like, yeah, the fact that they've just kind of glossed over it. No one said anything. If that I'm was, if I'm part the of their moment. media, that's the first question I'm asking him.
1: That was the best moment.
0: That was a highlight for you from the draft, the entire draft.
1: It just, I was so tickled by that.
0: (laughs) Well, Nick, can we get a quick recap? How did everything go for you?
1: Of the weekend in general? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, what an exciting weekend in Kansas City. I really didn't know what to expect ahead of time. Like, we talked about it and all the things and all the people that are going to be coming into town. And so, you sort of get this idea in your head of how it's going to go. But until the weekend actually arrived, I wasn't really sure what it was going to feel like in Kansas City. And the second Thursday afternoon hit, that's when it, even, even early in the week, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it just kind of felt like a normal week. We were doing certain events and people were coming out and that was cool. There was a buzz in the air. But until Thursday afternoon hit and all of a sudden you start seeing those aerial shots of Union Station and all of the people that are showing up that's when I realized, okay, this is freaking awesome. Like this is really, really cool. I don't know exactly. They they said the number, I think it was about 312,000 people who attended yep. the event over the three days. I think on Thursday night inside sort of the fenced in area of the, of the draft event, I think mm-hmm. they capped it at 60,000 people, which was a little bit lower than the number they had said ahead of time. But when you saw those photos and those videos, It did not look like it was a small amount of like that. uh, I compared it to Woodstock like, oh, my God. You see this shot from above Union Station of people going all the way up the hill to the memorial. And that was so, so cool. And I know there were people who were disappointed. They got turned away. But really? Well, I mean, that's kind of the deal. Like you.
0: Oh, wait. Is it free or do you have to buy tickets? I should know this.
1: I'm pretty sure it was free.
0: All of it? Like even the front, the up front by the stage was free? Or did you have to have tickets to get uh, yeah, that area? Yeah, there, there
1: were separate areas. So you may have had to pay more to get in like that VIP area because there was two different fenced in areas. I think the one in the back was free. But and you could okay. buy you could buy food and drinks once you got in there. But I mean, that's the whole that's the whole idea is that this is a really cool event. And like anything, you got to get there early and you got to stake out a good spot. And I know people who got down there at like 12, 1 o'clock. For an event that didn't start until what was it six or seven o'clock at night? So people took it very seriously. And, and I haven't talked to one person not one person who went down there who had a negative thing to say about the experience. There were a few people I, I heard like secondhand that were disappointed that they got turned away and stuff, but by all accounts, Casey kind of knocked it out of the park. It was just it looked really, really cool on television and the buzz around the town. The night itself, the festivities starting off with, you know, Stone Street and Heidi Gardner coming out <laughs> and everything, and then Pat and Travis coming out with the Lombardi Trophy. There was a real Kansas City flavor, and the best part about it, Kayla, I'm sure you saw some of this, or maybe you didn't, but there were a few like national NFL writers who were. I don't know if they were just being curmudgeons, but they were talking online about how, like, okay, we get it. This isn't the Kansas City Super Bowl parade. This isn't the party anymore. This is the NFL draft. This isn't all about the Chiefs. It's like, well, you know what? When, it actually is. <laughs> you know what? When the NFL draft is in the city for the team that just won the Super Bowl for the first For the very
0: pa- first time ever.
1: Yeah, they're gonna kinda take like here's the thing too.
0: We and make some rules. Those-
1: Somebody else was complaining about Clark Hunt saying, well, this game guy who shows up to all the owners meetings and he's always wearing the Super Bowl ring on his finger and like showing off and sort of rubbing it in everybody's faces like we get it. Hey, man, that's the point of all of this. (laughs) What is the point of winning and like winning championships at the highest level, which is incredibly difficult to do? What's the point of it if you can't rub it in people's faces? What's the point of winning a title ring and getting a Super Bowl ring if you can't like wear it and be like, check this out. (laughs) You ain't got one of them, do you? Good luck, better luck next year. It's the whole point of winning is to show everybody else, guess what? I won, you didn't, na-na-na-na-boo-boo. (laughs) <laughs> That's the whole point of all of this. So if Clark Hunt wants to wear that ring and do cartwheels onto the stage while he's announcing the Chiefs pick at 31, so be it, man. Have fun. That's what sports is about. I'm biased. I'm a Chiefs fan. I thought the whole weekend was spectacular.
0: I'm a little disappointed there wasn't more fanfare. I'm kidding. I, I thought it was so well done. Maybe confetti. I would have taken confetti. Um, well,
1: we're going to get into that 31st pick later on in the show. but um, Yes. They did it pretty well.
0: I just thought everything was so well executed. And yeah, if you're not parading the Lombardi trophy out on stage, you're doing it wrong. I thought everything was perfect. Quick question. I haven't dug enough to find the answer to this. Um, Kelsey fast was that the actual trophy or no? No, right? No. <laughs> he slammed. Okay.
1: God, no. Dude, there is no way. They would let Travis Kelsey. <laughs> I mean, listen. I think they love Travis Kelsey in that organization. I don't think they're trusting him with the actual Lombardi Trophy, the night of his big party. Okay. Like, yeah, you know what, Travis? Just take care of it. We trust you, man. Absolutely not. Those things, they have so many replicas of that trophy. Like if you watch some of the New Heights podcast, he's got a he's got the Lombardi Trophy like in the background of his.
0: That was probably the one he they
1: used. They don't. Yeah, there's there's one Lombardi Trophy, and I don't know. There's certain rules about like how long the team gets to have it, and like maybe there's an actual trophy, and then it goes in the trophy case for a year, and then you give it back, but then they give you a replica trophy to keep. So I don't know exactly how many Lombardis are out there and what the protocol is. But one thing I know for sure, that was not the real Lombardi Trophy that Travis Kelsey was chugging a beer out off of in his concert people were
0: convinced i was like there's no way but then i didn't see anything that disputed it so i was like well well people are convinced it's one of
1: those say it out loud tests kayla like you gotta ask you just say it out loud do you really think they entrusted travis kelsey with the actual lombardi trophy and said yep just take care of it bud we trust you don't do
0: anything we wouldn't do they did let tom brady toss it across from boat to boat
1: that's true. But for him, that was like Lombardi number seven. So it's like, what's the big deal? What
0: happened? Big deal if it sinks. <laughs> <laughs> I've got others.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay, let's get to the actual draft now, shall we, Nick? All
1: right, let's do it. What do you got for me?
0: It's officially in the rear view, what a fun draft it was. What was your biggest takeaway from how the Chiefs attacked this draft?
1: Oh man, there's a lot of different ways you could go with it. Um, I'll start with this. The first thing that I think about maybe not necessarily this draft class, but to your question, how they attacked the draft. The Chiefs went in with 10 picks. And I think we all kind of knew they weren't going to draft 10 players. It just wouldn't have made sense because Mm -hmm. there aren't 10 roster spots up for grabs on this team. You just, you didn't lose a ton. And with how much success you've had in the draft over the last couple of years... Even if you had, you don't need to add 10 more guys. So we, I think we all kind of thought they're going to maybe get aggressive and move up. But we were, I think a lot of it was focusing on the first round. Like, will they move up and get somebody early in the first round? As a quick aside, they definitely wanted to. I know we both predicted, or at least I predicted. I can't remember what your final call was. I thought the Chiefs were going to trade up and, and draft Miles Murphy. Turns out they almost got him without trading up. He made it to the Mm -hmm. Bengals. And by the way, I have heard it from Bengals fans. I hate that he went to the
0: Bengals. Hate it.
1: Have you seen some of the trash that I've been getting from Bengals fans?
0: No, I I did see one of your tweets.
1: Well, I sent a tweet out on Thursday and I said, uh, Miles Murphy will be a chief. Let's speak it into existence. And then the Bengals drafted him. And then all of a sudden they must have been uh, searching his name. And they were like trying to clown me and dunk on me and say, I oh, guess you were wrong about that one. I said, yeah, do you know how the draft works? The teams who lose more games, they get to draft ahead of the team that won the Super Bowl. You're not dunking on me. You're, you're owning yourself in thinking that you're dunking on me. Tell me more about how the draft works. Because last <laughs> I checked, the team that won the Super Bowl, they go last. And all the teams that suck more than them, they get to draft ahead of them. So nice Seriously, draft. Nick,
0: do your homework.
1: Yeah. Nice brag. Nice (laughs) brag. And he almost got to us. And so whatever. Miles Murphy's a Bengal. I'm over it. And Felix,
0: (sighs) I'll tell you what,
1: Kayla, and I think that was the name that you, you had said uh, as your official prediction, you thought the chiefs were going to get at 31 or in the first round product, Casey kid. And so I was perfectly happy with that first round pick. He was a name we talked a lot about. I thought it was a perfect fit at 31, but the, the main takeaway for me was the aggression. They had 10 picks. That is leverage, knowing you, know, you don't need 10 players. And in rounds two, three, and four, they got aggressive and moving up and getting the guys that they wanted. So once you got past pick 31, and it sounds like they tried to move up in the first round. The reports were that they wanted to move up to pick 25 and draft Mozzie Smith, the defensive tackle out of Michigan who's just a physical freak and once they called the Cowboys and and the Cowboys said yeah well who do you want to trade up to get and they said we want Mozzie Smith and they said no because that's who we're drafting so they wanted to move up but the deals weren't there and and Veach hinted that there was some hesitancy from other teams that maybe didn't want to play ball with the Chiefs I guess that's just shocking right? That's what comes with being the best team is teams don't exactly want you to get better. So they sat there. They drafted Felix, but then from there on out rounds two, three, and four, they traded up to get their guys. And that I think is draft masterclass. Hey, we don't have to trade up at the beginning. Everybody focuses on the first round and what you do in the first round, but we've seen in past years, Kayla, you can get really, really good players in rounds two, three, and four. I think that's where Brett Beach's strength has lied in the draft is getting yep. those guys in later rounds that are maybe quote-unquote sleepers that they come in day one, contributors. I mean, they were getting starters from the seventh round last year. So that, to me, was my biggest takeaway. They went a- aggressive, maybe not in the first round, but in rounds two, three, and four, they got aggressive going out and targeting the players that they wanted. And that, to me, speaks to a team that is in a very advantageous position in being able to target those guys knowing we don't got a scatter shoot anymore. We drafted 10 guys last year. Nine of them played in the Super Bowl. Seven of them were virtually starters halfway through the season. That is an outlier of a draft class. Any team would take that any year. But after a year like that, you don't need that anymore. You don't need 10 more guys. Go and target and get the guys you want. Be aggressive. I thought Brett Veach did a perfect job of, of finding that that nice balance between not overspending and mm-hmm. not getting too aggressive and not getting too caught up. And we love this guy. We'll give up whatever it takes to get him versus, okay, this is a nice pocket of value in the draft. There's a few guys we really like. They're on the board. Let's move up 10 spots. Let's move up eight spots and go and get our guys. That to me was my biggest takeaway.